0: my biggest realization of that was that show i just mentioned where i went through a breakup sleeping at my friend's house didn't have a home anymore and played my show the next day and people were just smiling and so happy and to know that someone as miserable as me that day could make people happy that's just such a gift
1: welcome everyone to the ultimate shift join ephraim glick and leading figures in business and entertainment As they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness success and fulfillment are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life welcome back to the ultimate shift i have kaylee rose which i'm excited about because i'm really excited about your music and the stuff you do thank you so Why don't you tell people a little bit about Kaylee Rose, where you're from, what brought you to Nashville? All right. How did all this start? You started at a young age.
0: I'm from Miami, Florida, and um, we moved to St. Augustine. Have you ever been to St. Augustine, Florida?
1: I don't think so.
0: Okay, it's a really small town, and there's not as much to do as there is in Miami. And when we moved, I was the new girl in middle school and didn't have friends at first. So I picked up a guitar and kind of just taught myself how to play. And I always wanted to sing. My dad always saw it in me, but I didn't really focus on making it a passion of mine till St. Augustine. (laughs) It's actually a funny story. Um, When I was 14, my first day of high school, my dad picked me up from school and my guitar was in the back of the car. And I wanted to run away because I knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't going to let me go home until I played at an open mic. And I was terrified to sing in front of people. I had major stage fright. Yeah, and he's a teacher. So it's really funny that he took his freshman daughter to a bar <laughs> on her first day of high
1: school. This was 14. 14. He never sang in front of anyone before.
0: No, I was just scared. Think about how mean kids are at 14. So um, I played the open mic, and I still remember exactly what song it was, Free Fallin' and Lady Gaga, Bad Romance, why, I don't know. But then the bar hired me, and I had no idea you could make money playing songs. In two weeks, I learned four hours worth of music for the show. And from there, I just started playing all over St. Augustine, and then eventually at 19, moved to Nashville alone <laughs> and you not know
1: anyone no <laughs> no one so how no. scared was that
0: I wasn't scared because I knew from such a young age that I wanted to move here and really go for it and so by the time I got here I didn't even look back and I love St. Augustine and I'm so grateful for the years I got to play there because I don't think I'd be the musician I am the performer I am if it wasn't for all those four hour eight hour gigs and For those bars to let me play at 15, 16, 17, (laughs) I'm forever grateful for all those venues. So then Nashville
1: was just normal because you were already playing people and bars and then you just went to Broadway and went to town.
0: So my first semester of college at University of North Florida, I started making trips to Nashville every other weekend with my mom and started getting to know the venues and book some shows so that way when i moved here i'd have shows ready to go
1: so how different was it from saint augustine to nashville the scene the the pressure was that not something that you experienced
0: so the biggest wake-up call i had when i moved to nashville was the writing part of the game i had written songs alone but I never had co-written a song. I never realized the true value of songwriting till I moved here and Bart Herbison at NSAI. I met him a month before I moved here and when I moved here he kind of took me under his wing. He's the executive director of Nashville Songwriters Association and he kind of just started helping me get into rooms with writers and introducing me to people that were better than me (laughs) so I could learn And um, that was the biggest change, for sure, was realizing how much I still had to learn and grow as a writer.
1: So when you were a kid, like, who was your most influential person that you looked up to? Like, What kind of music did you want to play?
0: I was all over the place. My parents had Shania Twain on, and they had Michael Jackson on, and Madonna. I was just all over the place, and I grew up in a big city, and then I moved to a small town. So I feel like I truly... Like I don't know, fell in love with all types of music.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that's and it what, shows in
0: my music, I feel like.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's really how your music comes out. So then did you write your first couple songs that you released, or were those co-written? Or like what what do you advise people to do when they come here? Do you advise them to co writing or to try to find their own little secret sauce in writing, if you will? What's the secret? To so so this might be out?
0: brutally honest and terrible to say, but I'm just going to say it.
1: Um, cause that's who you are. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the thing I realized super quick is that it doesn't matter how many songs you write. It doesn't matter how many people you write with. It matters how good the songs are and you have to put your ego aside and your pride aside. And, you know, I'm victim of that. I didn't do that for a while, but you have to do that if you want to grow, like cause it doesn't matter if you write songs. It's about the songs being good. So what do you have to do? You have to show your songs to people that you know are going to be honest, not just say it's great. Mm -hmm. And I literally would go into NSAI and go to every single person that works there, even the people that aren't on the creative side, and sit down with my songs and go, please tell me why these suck. Wow. Because I realized the only way I was going to get better is by trial and error. And every year... Gosh, Bart will definitely say this if you were to ask him. You should get him on here, by the way. Um, remind me after. Um, <laughs> so I remember I would literally cry in Bart's office so mad because it would be like year two or even year three. And I'd be like, my songs are ready. This is it. I've put in the work. And he'd be like, nope, you're not ready. And you're
1: ready. yeah. we so are talking about two to three years after being here in Nashville.
0: Yes. And there's people that can move here and get it right away, but some people, you have to just work harder and grow more. And looking back, I'm grateful that I have had to put in so much work and I'm proud of myself that I've stuck with it because there's songs, even from two years ago, I wouldn't show you right now. Really? Yeah. I've so grown do that much. you think a lot of
1: people get really impatient yes. come here? Yes. And then that hurts them, probably. It's like starting a business. Like, if you oh, it's just the roots like world then you're just not going to have any foundation.
0: Yes. And I feel like I totally understand why people get impatient. And I've had my days of doubt and, you know, second-guessed myself. But you have to really take a step back and, again, put your ego aside and mm-hmm. decide if you want this. Because it's not easy. And there's a reason why it's called a 10-year town.
1: Really? I didn't know that oh, yeah, that long, but I'm also down in the music industry.
0: Yeah, it's a 10-year town. And
1: you've been here how many years?
0: Six years.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like you've already made it. I mean, Aww. maybe not where you want to go, but I tell you one thing, I'm always so impressed by, is it the one-minute tune or something? 10-minute ten ten
0: minute tune. Minute tune <laughs> ten minute.
1: But I'm always like so fascinated by that show, because you've been on there countless times, right?
0: Yes, I was a regular on the yeah. show.
1: You go on there, and you literally write a tune in 10 minutes. Yes. And, I mean, that blows my mind. Yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot of people that can do that. But then yours is kind of like edgy and funny and, and you kind of have all that little sense of humor in there, which is makes it good, I think. Thank you. What was your fear? Like when you were a kid, like what was your biggest fear with, with the career choice? I feel like everyone has fears that maybe hold them back mm-hmm. uh, from whether it's business or music or whatever the passion is. Like what would you advise the young Kaylee Rose with what you've learned now? And oh, that's
0: a great question. Oh my gosh. There's a difference between those two things you just asked me, but and if you I can had to
1: answer to that, that's fine. Well,
0: that, that's a great question of the advice thing, because honestly, the one thing that I really wish that I would have done differently in my time here is just enjoy the ride more and be patient.
1: What would that look like?
0: I think on the days where I think I'm failing, look at those days more as learning lessons because those are the days where I grew the most and had the fire in me to keep going. It wasn't on my good days. It wasn't on the wins. It's the bad days and the, the no's and the rejection. And I think that this town can create a lot of false expectations. You see people on those singing shows and Instagram, like, you know, we live in a world right now where it's instant gratification. And there's people like you that are hard workers and are willing to put in the time. But I think people just forget that this is the industry where you have to put in the time and be patient. You can only work so hard. Half of it's luck.
1: It's not always that, that social media, like you said, instant gratification. Like, what people don't know about me, they think, like... Sometimes I get this a lot in some of my consulting deals that I do It's like, oh, well, it works for you because you're just different. No, it's not. It's like they don't understand the two businesses that have failed before the one that they see now that they think is the great or like you said, all the no's you get in the music industry to you may think you have the perfect song and then all of a sudden everyone's saying no and oh, no, you need to wait and so I think it's so important for people to realize like I love what you're saying it's like put in the time you know be patient so is that what you would tell the young kids yeah
0: because the funniest part about it is the people that I guess just told me to keep writing and kind of passed on me years ago I don't play those songs anymore I don't even listen to those songs anymore because I've grown that much looking back I don't blame them (laughs) for saying no and the old me the younger me would have been like no way and just mm-hmm. I couldn't see that. And yeah. It's ego
1: in all of us. It's like, oh my
0: gosh, yes. Yeah.
1: It's just part of humanity, I feel
0: like. Yeah. And when you work years for something, you go, okay, by now these have to be good songs. Yeah. And it just makes sense now looking back. I really wish I would have been more patient and enjoyed the ride of growing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, still I'm still learning, I'm still time. growing, hard yeah.
1: Hard time. I mean, yeah, it's you're still young. Who do you think was, like, your dad basically drug you in a bar at 14? Yes.
0: (laughs) He's so proud of it.
1: (laughs) He should be. Do you think he is a big reason that you pursued the music, or or was it always going to be music for you? Like, what did you major in? Because you still...
0: I majored uh, in business, and I continued with school when I moved here for a few years. Yeah. it was just a business degree and there's nothing wrong with that but I was not passionate about it I'm the kind of person that when my mind set on something like I won't stop until I get it and I just never saw myself doing anything else from a very young age but the thing is I was too scared to accept that I wanted to do music and my dad saw it I mean that's why he kind of pushed me to do this because if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be here right now Really? I was that scared. And I don't know why, because I'm such an outgoing person. Yeah. But I think singing in front of people, you're getting judged. That's what you're doing. It's a very vulnerable thing. And now I don't care. But back then, oh my gosh.
1: So why is that? Why is that that you don't care?
0: Because I've done it so much. I've played over 2,000 shows easily. And I think by the time you do that much of anything you're gonna have a different mindset on it now when i'm on stage oh my gosh i make a fool out of myself <laughs> and, and i kind of love it because people love it. yes the crowd's always my friend
1: <laughs> yeah you know chase Irwin, he said amazing things about you
0: oh love, love him
1: was hero uh, it's funny you were talking about like the fear like i think you're one of the best musicians in town wow thank and you <laughs> david Archuleta said the exact same thing you did he knew he wanted to do music, but he was so scared. He was like, no one wants to listen to me. Right. And then his, his parents just pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. I think that's really cool for parents to see that.
0: Well, it's just funny because they always tell parents to never force their kid to do something that they, they don't want to do. But if it wasn't for my dad forcing me to play at that bar that day, I would not be pursuing it still.
1: That's crazy. I never thought about that. Because mm-hmm. I've always been kind of like... For me, it was very different. My parents would have forced me to be Amish. And right. So I was kind of anti that parent's work, but that's a different take. That's interesting.
0: It's interesting, yeah.
1: It. Is there anything you're working on right now that you're really excited about that you can talk about?
0: Um, I can't talk about it at the moment, but I am releasing a bunch of music this year. It's just about to spit out. Like, seriously. Every week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of music. I've been writing so much, and I don't know why. Something hit me where I realized... I need to just put everything out there. Who cares about some strategy or whatever? There's people that follow me, people that care, and those are the people that deserve to hear some new music. Yes. Yeah. So,
1: so, why hold Let's back? go.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you wish you would have known when you first came to Nashville besides, is there anything besides the waiting, the patience that you know now? Like, if, if you had a friend that was saying, hey, Kaylee Rosa, I'm moving to Nashville and I want to do music, but I don't know where to start what
0: would you tell them? I would say join NSAI. (laughs) I sound like the poster child for them. Yeah, because this is a songwriting town. And maybe you can move here and just get a deal from your voice. But at the end of the day, 90% of people that get deals and get somewhere in Nashville, it's because of their songs and the songwriting. Yeah, my only advice to anyone moving here is make sure you're a great writer because... That's literally half the battle in this town, is having songs that are competitive. And for artists, it's different. There's writers and then there's artists. There's people that move here that want to write for artists. And then there's people like me that are the artists, but love writing too. For an artist, the biggest thing is that you need to know who you are as an artist. You can evolve and change your style. Look at Taylor Swift. You know She's been every genre now. Mm-hmm. But you can't move here and not know what it is you need to say as an artist and how you're
1: going to say it. So how do you find out who you truly
0: are? You just have to be yourself, and it's either going to work or it's not. I mean, my style is a blend, you would probably say, of country and pop and even a little bit of hip-hop, but I'm not faking it. I'm not forcing it. It's my roots. I grew up half of my life in an urban city and then half of my life in a small country town.
1: I still feel like what you do and you know Josh Wilcox and some of those, like it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But you guys just went for it and people have like embraced it.
0: I just can't lose sight of who I am and what makes me excited to sing. <laughs> like I feel like just so many people will sing something because other people say it's cool
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the thing to do right now. and that goes away quick.
1: Yeah. yeah, because you're doing it for them too.
0: Yeah. if you don't believe what you're singing, how's someone else going to?
1: So how do you then become a great songwriter?
0: You have to write a hundred to a thousand bad
1: songs. But <laughs> well, where do you get your motivation from? What's the secret behind, well, you don't want to give away all your secrets, but... Oh, I don't care. What's <laughs> Okay, let's go first. So, you should try
0: writing a song after this.
1: Oh, God! <laughs> uh, I can do some poetry. I don't know about songs.
0: Okay, that's basically uh, songwriting.
1: I journal every single day. Oh, that's awesome. But I wouldn't I really know where to begin to write a song.
0: Okay. You know, it's funny, I've been wanting to journal, because I heard it's good for your mental happiness to journal every day, and you can get me in a room to write every day, but for some reason I can't sit down and write in a journal for two (laughs) minutes.
1: It changed my life. It's
0: a discipline. Sure. Yeah?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. every way. So you recommend it? I 100% recommend it. I write two every day. Oh. I write one about my present day, and then it's like, I write another one about if you think about like your ideal life, like what does your ideal life look like? If you say ten years from now, where's Katie Rose? What is she doing? Where's she living? What does her days look like? Mm-hmm. i write that as if it's ready. Rock Ru- Okay. Law of attraction. So, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. And so I don't know, it just helps my sanity.
0: That's awesome.
1: But anyway, enough about me here. We're not even-
0: <laughs> <laughs> gonna get it out of you.
1: <laughs> so where do you find like that your best music is written from? Like where do you get the motivation? Or the inspiration, rather, I guess is a better word for it, to write the songs that you do.
0: I actually love, and this is why the whole quarantine has been hard for me. I love going out and meeting people and meeting up with my friends and hearing what's going on in their lives because a lot of the times I'll get my ideas from other people, mm-hmm. like what
1: they're going through. Really? Mm-hmm. Like the song stuff? I yes. I asked yeah. You you were like your, was it your roommate or your friend or something?
0: My like best that? friend, yeah. She was crying to me about her ex moving out and I was writing down the idea for stuff. No way. And some of the lyrics, yes.
1: And then that song became a hit just like that.
0: Yeah. No, that was a very easy one to write. Thanks, Ashley. Sorry about that. <laughs> she I loves it.
1: Have, did, did it today my, it's on one of my playlists. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome that you remembered that.
1: Yeah. I, I'm a big music person. I, I can't sing to save my life or probably write music to save my life, but Music is for someone growing up, and we didn't have music, we weren't allowed to have music. Really? Yeah, so from up until I was 18. You
0: had never heard a song ever?
1: Well, yeah, when I was nine, I I went and bought a radio, and I wasn't supposed to have it, but I hid it under my bed mattress, and I used to listen to music. And it was like, for me, it's I remember a song that I like, and then I, I remember everything I hear about that song, or ever have heard about a song where I was so in. Yeah. stuff, I always think about, I can tell you exactly where when it was, with tin roof, we were standing in one corner, and I don't know, I ran into you, and I was like, hey, I like this song stuff, and you were like, oh, this is my friend, and she, <laughs> this is a of her, and whatever, so I always remember that.
0: That's so great, I and, love that. what makes
1: music, like, relatable. I think that's why people love music, is because it's a story, it's so much mm-hmm.
0: And that's my favorite part about writing, it's relating to other people. That's why, yes, I write from personal experience, but what gives me the thrill is when people come up to me and say that my song helped them get through something.
1: Yeah. well, uh, Yeah, for sure. I think a couple of your songs have done that for me. So if you were moving here again, or someone's maybe mm-hmm. you know, that's listening to this and cause part of the goal for this show is always to help someone. There's a lot of people that can look at you and be that. I want to be like two mm-hmm. I want to get my music to where she is. I want to play and Whiskey Row or The Stittery or wherever else you're all playing on, right. or at least you were before COVID. Still what, am. What? Yeah. It's not <laughs>
0: stopping me. <laughs> COVID can't slow me down. That's, that's <laughs> <where>
1: you successful. <laughs> so what resources would you, besides the Songwriting Association, would you point people towards here? I'm
0: not sure if there's a resource other than, you know, streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple. Get music out. But also wait. See, that's another thing I regret. Looking back, I probably wouldn't have released music as early on as I did. Because again, I wasn't ready. And I still had some growing to do. So, this sounds terrible, but really don't do anything until you have the right songs. And even when you think you know, you don't. So let other people tell you when it's time. Just network and get out there and meet people and go to shows when we can do that again. And learn from the successful writers on how to be a great writer.
1: Was Johnny and Junior first release?
0: Oh, Be Like Johnny?
1: Or be, yeah, yeah. Whatever it's called.
0: That yeah. was a special release because, oh, I never even got to talk about this. I When I moved here.
1: That's for, how I ever ran across it. I ran across it on YouTube. And that's how I Oh my gosh. Story. That was the first time I'd ever heard of Katie Rose. And I love that song I, I saved it to this day I have it saved to my favorite to my. oh my gosh YouTube, uh, account or whatever.
0: Thank you so much yeah. that song is very special to me and I actually want to re-record it now that I've aged a little bit because I was so young I was 20 or 21 when I wrote that song so my good friends own the Johnny Cash Museum. I worked there for two whole weeks when I first moved here. I just got so busy with shows and rights. I didn't realize I was going to have so much on my plate that I had to stop working there so quick. But I loved the owners, Bill and Shannon, and they came to my show. And Bill literally said, I remind him of Johnny Cash. He's best friends with Johnny Cash. Wow. And. Oh, God. Yeah. I was like, no, there's no way. (laughs) But um, so I just became really close with Bill and Shannon and got to hear so many stories about Johnny Cash and kind of started to feel like I knew Johnny because I luckily got to hear a lot of the personal stories that no one else would know. And Johnny was a very humble man. And actually his biggest critic. And even when he was at the peak of his career, he was always so hard on himself. And I thought that was so interesting because you would never guess that. He's so tough and confident on the surface. So he was a great guy. He was very spiritual and thoughtful. And so I wrote the song for him and for Bill and Shannon and just for myself because I was so inspired back then. And I remember I was terrified to play it for Bill and Shannon because they normally don't love, I hope it's okay to say this. They don't love songs that talk about Johnny because they feel like it's very fabricated and they're like, they don't they know they what don't they're know talking
1: the, about. The artist may not know the real Johnny. Exactly. Would know, they would not know personally and things like that.
0: So I was terrified to play it for them, but I was like, hey guys, I need to show you guys a song I wrote. And they're like, okay. And I came to their office and they cried when Good. I played it. Yeah. And to this day, actually, they still cry when I play. They came to a show recently, and Shannon lost it. <laughs> but um, Bill asked if I would want to record the song with Johnny's band and play Johnny's guitar. So I got to play Johnny Cash's guitar in the recording.
1: No way.
0: Yes. And that's the guitar that's in the music video.
1: Wow. How cool was that for you?
0: Unreal. Unreal! I still can't believe that I got to hold and play Johnny Cash's guitar. You can see his belt buckle scratches on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: that's insane. I, yeah, I just, I just figured you wrote it. I did even know there was any some connection, or anything there.
0: Yeah, and you know, Bill and Shannon are two of the people that have really given me hope every time that I'm going through a hard patch of time here in Nashville. I really lean on them, and they. Have just been so supportive. And if it wasn't for them supporting me, I bet there was times I would have been close to giving up if it wasn't for them.
1: So so let's talk about that. Did you know them before you came here? Well, you didn't. didn't No, I got the job. And you got to know them through that?
0: Barely. I really don't know to this day why they came to my show after I quit. (laughs) But they just felt inclined to. And I'm so thankful that they did. Because I think they understood at that point why I had to quit. Why I had to go full- with music. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well I think I think that's critical to because one of my questions for you is gonna be, you know, what makes people quit when they come here with a big dream of mm-hmm. music or whatever and then they just maybe give up. They think they're not right enough or good enough or could be a million reasons, but I know kind of the same thing as you like for my success in this town would never have happened if it wasn't for the Rest of the day Daviston. There are two people who I didn't know um, I didn't know anyone living here right but I ran into them they've been some of the best mentors I could ever have had today. I tell them all the time I'm like if, if I ever make it in anything it's because the, the belief you guys instilled in me that I can right and I think it's so important like how critical is it for people to find that and then how do people find that is it just do, do you feel like they just happen to get that support maybe that one or two people that just live and die for you
0: it's fate. It's luck. It's the universe, you know, bringing them to but you. And, it's yeah. To have those
1: people besides your family.
0: It's everything. And your it's yeah. everything. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the people I've met along the way here in Nashville because my experience has been so special, even through all the lows, because of the people like Bart and Bill and Shannon. They've really kept me hopeful. And again, I get to hear stories about Johnny Cash. And what better inspiration than yeah. him? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if everybody's lucky enough or if it just lines up for people to get those kinds of mentors. But if you can find a mentor that's genuine and I guess that gives good advice,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. then
0: definitely hold on to them.
1: But the genuine part is a big part of it. Someone yeah. Yes. That, that you know, at the end of the day, whether you had a good or bad day, you can go to them and say, hey, you go. this is where I'm at, no matter what it is, and then you know that they're going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. What do you think your unique skill is with music? Like, what is it that makes, from the outside looking in, there's something different about your music? What do you think it is?
0: That's interesting. I feel like, stylistically... I'm different because I naturally blend those hip hop cadences and pop cadences into country lyrics, kind of like what Sam Hunt does. I don't know if there's been a female to really capitalize on that yet, but I feel like that's something that makes me unique. Also, just I just want to be relatable, and I feel like I do a really good job of connecting with the audience when I play, and that's my biggest strength, that I can connect with people,
1: yeah, you strangers. And- yeah, Entertain the crowd. Yes. You're not shy. No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's. I feel like that's probably what it takes. So then, how do you go from coming here, not knowing anyone, to opening up for Morgan Wallen or <laughs> a lot of these other people? That you know, what's what's the secret to that?
0: You just have to work hard. I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity, the Morgan Wallen show, if I didn't do a good job on the 10 minute tune, but I wouldn't have done a good job on the 10 minute tune show if I didn't take all those years in to write songs and work hard on that. So everything goes hand in hand. You just have to work hard. You can't write three songs and be like, oh my gosh, I'm ready. Or why is no one signing me yet? You can't, you can't be like that. Even on the 30th song, sorry, or like the 50th. 70th, like, seriously, it takes time and hard work. It's no different than what athletes do. Yeah,
1: or anything else. Yeah. How many songs do you think you've written? I have no idea. If you had to guess.
0: Mm, maybe, like, close to a 1,000.
1: And you just throw the ones away that you don't like?
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's a mistake because then I come back to it a year later and go, oh, my gosh, wait, this one's actually good. Seriously.
1: So I'll save them and then maybe use...
0: Well, sometimes a write sometimes a write gets so hard, the process in the room, that you're so burned out by the end of the write that you're just like, whatever. And, like, you just never listen to the song again and you forget. And then you revisit it or you stumble upon it months later or years later. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I shouldn't have let this one sit.
1: Here's the favorite uh, collab you've done in this town.
0: I actually have – oh, like, co-writing?
1: Co-writing, singing. Could be
0: either one. I haven't really collaborated much with people.
1: Really? You just, you just say I write, you don't
0: need to. Well, I write a lot with different people. I'm not going to say who my favorites are, because that's <laughs> not going to be very nice to say. I should
1: have thought
0: about that. But, that. no, I'm, I think i been collaborating with artists. I don't really, uh, I've never done a duet or anything like that. Maybe you'll be the first.
1: Uh, no. I'm no.
0: pushing <laughs> you to sing and write.
1: <laughs> I can't sing or write. Um, Oh, I can write. I can't sing. I don't think I could write a song. (laughs) The bridge part is hard for me. The bridge! Yeah, because you have to figure out how to, like, anyway. No one writes bridges anymore. It's all over my head. Really?
0: Don't bore us. Get to the chorus.
1: Well, okay. Maybe that's why music's changed. Yeah, it's shorter
0: now. Songs are way shorter, if you haven't noticed.
1: And it's just a lot of... Some of it is a lot of repeat. Like, Sam Hunt repeats a lot of his stuff.
0: And it's because the attention span is not what it used to be for the average American with social media. Think about it. Again, Instagram, instant. Everything's so instant now.
1: That's why you have to have catchy lyrics.
0: Go in the car with any five people. Watch how they change every song after the first chorus. They'll never make it to the end of the song. And Good. if they do, at least for me, my jaw drops when that happens. Yeah.
1: I've never thought of that. Now I'm going to have to.
0: Yeah. Just study. That. Like makes sense. observe that next time you're in the car with someone.
1: So using that, like what, what's the hope for, for you to, like what do you, what's your focus when you put a new song out? you That people
0: will start? get to the second course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how do you write to keep their attention then? Is it- is it that do you rely a lot on your- on your- Melodies.
0: Melodies? Yes. is everything. I think the lyric is so important, but a lyric is only as strong as its melody. Because hmm. what gets stuck in your head, it's not the lyric. Yeah. It's not the words, it's the melody. Yeah. You're singing the melody. so no, I see you're
1: really- if you're really relating to the lyrics at the time in your life, then maybe that could hold your attention longer, but- Right. Normally, well, I think definitely the melody
0: think about how many times a song's been stuck in your head but you're mumbling the words because you don't remember the words
1: yeah a lot
0: but you remember the melody mm-hmm. so that's what I go for
1: every I like time that's what you're really good at. I feel like that's what sets your music apart because your melodies are so different there's thank no, you there is no one and I think you could agree with this there's no one in this town that I've heard I'm, made, I'm sure there are a bunch of people that do music that I haven't heard but like that have kind of the same taste or the same kind of I don't even know how to say it. It's just you just want to move when you listen to your music or dance.
0: No, and that's what I go for. Like, I really struggle to write slow, sad songs because I'm not, obviously, you can tell I'm a very high-energy person, and my favorite thing is when I can go to a show and just have fun because life is so serious and hard that I don't want to go to a show and cry the whole time. Like, maybe one song's fine, you know, (laughs) to have your moment, but I just want people to have fun when they come to my show and... Basically, I just appreciate that you identify that in my music.
1: Well, I have this thing. I don't. I've only said this one other time on, on the show, and it was kind of funny with the, the person I had on. Um, but it, I have this thing. We we're talking about music, and she was asking me about like country music. Like, I don't listen to a lot of country music. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, "Why don't you go to Nashville?" Like this and that. And I don't know if this is true for other people, but I feel like for me, it's I'm I'm kind of what I listen to so it's gonna affect my mood. So if I'm listening to sad songs or like breakup songs and I'm gonna be like just kind of blah, but if I listen, so my taste of music is like indie pop, like just something that's beating and uplifting or whatever, I don't know, is there something like that? Is that just the weird me that that you kind of become what you listen to?
0: No, I think that's everybody. Think about every girl in America. What do they do when they're going through a breakup? They turn on that old Taylor Swift. Really? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Every girl will be like, Oh, Taylor Swift helped me get through my breakup in high school. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was a little girl. Uh, (laughs) Mad about who knows who in seventh grade. (laughs) Got me through that hard time. (laughs) That's
1: pretty good. That's true,
0: though. No, but then think about it. You're not going to play sad songs during a pregame. You're going to play... They're
1: not going to play white horse when Michael Jordan comes out to play basketball. No.
0: Yeah. And those are the songs I live for. Yeah,
1: those pump up songs, yeah. like
0: pregame Same. songs.
1: Me too, so much so. So, how do you continue to like learn and evolve and just continuously become better at what at what you do? And this could apply to anything in your life, like not just music. Like, what steps do you take to kind of stay on top of your game?
0: I think the biggest thing with this industries you have to stay disciplined and Nashville's a party town so it can be hard to stay focused and driven and something I've been doing a lot of lately is listening to podcasts of entrepreneurs I love listening to stories about athletes because they have to be just as motivated and mm-hmm. disciplined it's hard with the quarantine figuring out ways to stay motivated when yeah. there's not really much going on
1: you can't really- gather around with a bunch of people and no. get your social fill. And
0: and I realize I need that so yeah. much. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. I have really struggled with writing during this quarantine. Some people are thriving and loving it. I hate it. I've not written nearly as many songs as I normally do. And that's been kind of hard for me to accept. But some people just thrive off of, like in my case, Meeting people, hanging out with friends, hearing their stories, Mm -hmm. and I don't really have that right now. So I'm trying to figure it out as I go. I've been watching movies to try to find other ways to capture emotions Mm
1: -hmm. and inspiration. Yes, through through those things. I haven't asked this question, but how do you think this whole COVID thing, with with as many things being shut, especially Nashville being a tourist town where our Mm -hmm. money's coming from, how is that going to affect? the artists and what do you think we have to do in order to protect the artists in the town? Is there anything, you know, is there even something like that?
0: You know, that's a tough thing to answer because there's so many parts to it. Um, I will say I've watched everything with COVID this year, then the herd. A lot of people have taken this time to realize they don't want to do music. And oh my gosh, yeah, I know so many people that have moved and quit. It's sad and it's hard to watch. But a good friend and co-writer of mine said this perfectly. If you were going to quit because of COVID, you were going to quit anyways. Because we all move here knowing how hard Nashville is. Financially, so many people are struggling right now and taking a hit in the music industry. And obviously no one was ever prepared for this. But it is something that you go into knowing, okay, it's a roller coaster. You're not going to always consistently be in the same spot. You're going to have your ups and your downs. This just happens to be like the lowest of low that we're all facing. I don't know if there's anything we could do to protect us, save us. We just have to kind of ride it out and figure out a way. If you want this bad enough, you'll go do Uber Eats and Lyft and find other side hustles to make it work.
1: Let's say there's what, thousands of musicians here? Would mm-hmm. that be a fair assessment? Yeah. How do you get the gigs then? Because you're still playing. Now, when, let's say, yeah. Distillery has to choose from thousands of people that aren't playing probably other places where they maybe were before, and you're on their list. Like, how do you get those gigs when they become so hard to get on shore?
0: I think you just earn them. Like, I don't think Distillery would have me back if they. Thought I sucked. Yeah, or
1: <laughs> and, being true to yourself, or whatever they see. Like, or, or kept the
0: crowd that. there, and that's oh, yeah, yeah. that's really the only battle. It's not about how good you sing. It's about can you make this crowd buy another round?
1: So not only do you have to be good at writing, you have to be good at singing, and then you also have to be good at entertaining the crowd.
0: Yes, and out of everything, my favorite part is entertaining the crowd. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I've seen you in whiskey row. It's, it's, I could never do what you do. But yeah, but you, you interact with the crowd. You like pull people out of the crowd or you say things about this or that person or whatever.
0: Well, even this past Saturday, I played at Distillery the and there was a lady there that's working um, in the ER in Ohio for COVID. And she thanked me because she said her life has obviously been so stressful. And while I was playing, they were able to just laugh and forget about... Everything going on. And that's all I ever want yeah. with w- what I do. That's why you do what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, we are coming up on time.
0: Um, wow, it's just flying by. I know.
1: It's, this is what I love about this because I, <laughs> I get to hear other people talking their inspirations and then I get inspired. Um, if you were put on a world stage where the whole world is and you had five minutes. To say or do something that the world is going to remember you by, what you say? Oh
0: my gosh, what an intense question. What's your answer to that? Forget me. <laughs> what do you tell people?
1: <laughs> I've never been asked
0: that question. Dang it. <laughs> I was going to cheat and use your answer. Like, yeah, that's what I'd say too. <laughs> uh, so, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, I'd say, hi, mom, I love you. <laughs> she'd be so proud that everybody knows <laughs> that I still, love her
1: have four minutes and 50 oh minutes gosh
0: left. Uh I don't know be nice, don't judge people Uh work hard be nice I don't know, <laughs> like seriously was not ready, for- that's a great question you know it's a good question when I don't have an, a good answer <laughs> this is
1: why I always share my questions with people because then you would think about it and think about it and you would come up with the perfect answer and right
0: No, I know. And I don't know how deep I want to get with that answer because there's a lot that needs to be said, especially right now. That's why I keep saying just be nice to each other because you just never know what people are going through. And even someone like me, I can tell you how many times that I've played a show and you would see me on stage and not know that I just like went through a breakup the night before and was sleeping on my friend's couch. That's literally happened. And I get up on stage and fake it and get through it because I'm not there for me. I'm there for the crowd. Even, you know, honestly, that's what it made me realize, like, holy crap, you never know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And just be nice to everyone because even if someone's having a bad day just and, if they're, and they're rude to you, just be nice back because you just seriously don't know yeah. what everyone's dealing with behind the scenes. So, okay. all right, world, just be nice. <laughs> wow.
1: I, that's, I feel like if you said that, it would Think about how, how much that does for people, how people would remember
0: you. Oh my gosh, it makes everyone great. say, think about if someone compliments you when you're running past me at Bakersfield, like you were the other day, yeah, <laughs> saw you I running, and someone said, you have great form, <laughs> wouldn't you feel a little bit better about your run? I
1: probably would, I'd probably run faster. Exactly, better. Yeah, and
0: your better. day would be better, because someone said something nice.
1: Yeah, I like that. See, that's a great answer to your question. You weren't. Prepared Woo!
0: For. Thank gosh. Yeah, seriously. Got me sweating and everything.
1: <laughs> okay, one more. Um, if you could ask anyone in the world, a oh, library dead, one question, who would it be and what would the question be?
0: Oh, man. I definitely would want to talk to Johnny Cash because I've heard so much about him and he's inspired me so much throughout my time here in Nashville that he's absolutely who I'd want to talk to. And it's hard because we all know I am such a chatty Kathy that there's no way I'd have just one question. So um, I don't know, I probably would just want to know what kept him going through all his ups and downs with music, especially because think about how different the times were back then Mm -hmm. when he was in the peak of his career. I would just love to know from him what kept him inspired to write because he wrote some of the best songs ever from like a couple weeks before he passed away and that's amazing to be inspired from the time you're that young to two weeks before you pass away like to write that much and record that much you have to truly love what you do (laughs) and i want i would love to know what kept him motivated
1: well, I want to flip that question on you now. Why keeps you motivated? To keep what
0: you? I just love what I do. Yeah, even when I hate it, I love it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think being a writer and a performer, it makes me a better person. It makes me more of an open-minded person to other people's dreams and aspirations. Um, and yeah, I think that. I don't know.
1: You're I also know. not doing it for you. You've mentioned so many times during this, like, you're, you're doing it for the crowd, you're doing it for the people, you're doing it because, yes. of, because of that lady in Ohio that's here and you can take away, you know, all of the stress that she had. And I think that's what makes great artists, great performers and artists and great people because you're not up there thinking like, oh gosh, I'm so good. Look at me. I'm Katie Right. And I'm amazing. You're literally looking out at the crowd, and you're thinking, "How can I make their lives better?" Right. That's what that's what sets the mediocre artists apart from the the best. Aww,
0: the I hope you're that,
1: right. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it's just I I just think that's that's there's a lot to that. So, because not every artist is that humble. So.
0: <sighs> there's just something really magical about when someone comes to my show and just. I think for me, my biggest realization of that was that show I just mentioned, where I went through a breakup, sleeping at my friend's house, didn't have a home anymore, and played my show the next day, and people were just smiling and so happy, and to know that someone as miserable as me that day could make people happy, that's just such well, a gift, a oh my god, yeah. At the
1: end of the night, you probably felt much better about your life, that it's not just about that breakup anymore, your life is a bigger part of the world yes. than one person. Yes. Because you're you're living out your passion.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Um, So how can people support you, your mission? Where do they follow you? How can they find you?
0: You can Uh, find me on all social media platforms at I am Kaylee Rose, K-A-Y-L-E-E. And sorry, I have it like... In my brain from playing shows, I always have to spell it out. People will always be like, "Is this you?" and it'll clearly not be me. And I'm like, "Well, did you look at the picture?" <laughs> and then you can find me on Spotify and Apple too at Kaylee Rose.
1: Okay. And where do you hang out most? Like, if someone was wanting to connect with you, would the be Instagram? Tin Roof. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're talking about social media,
0: okay? I oh, do okay. <laughs> know where to find her, ladies and gentlemen. That's
1: so. Co- hey, that's where you found me. That- no, doghouse. Doghouse.
0: Yeah, but you ran into me a tin roof. Oh,
1: that's you
0: have a better chance running into me a tin roof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, Instagram. When open.
0: When open. Instagram, I'm always on there.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming, doing this.
0: Thanks um, for having me. This is, this
1: is great. I just, now I know more behind the person. Selfishly, I get to like... Interview people I think are like changing the game and Oh, and your
0: support's always meant so much to me like talk about the whole being nice to people You have no idea how many times you've reached out about a song when I'm having a bad day and it Motivates me seriously. You don't even realize you've done that, but thank you
1: Well, I, I try to be nice to everyone, but it takes a lot for music to make me reach out to people that means I'm listening to the. You
0: song. sincerely mean it, yeah. I really,
1: really. I'm not one that gives fake compliments, so it's. I just think your music is, is all that and more. I mean, it, it's just. It's okay, so future music.
0: future musicians that move here, show this guy your music, <laughs> because <laughs> he will be honest and tell you it sucks. I
1: will be honest. Yeah. No. I. I think it's great, and I appreciate your time. Time is is something that. We never had enough of and for you to come take an hour out of your day to sit down and tell your story and share your thoughts and stuff about life is means a lot to me
0: Aww, thank you so much for having me of
1: course anytime thanks again for tuning in to the ultimate shift look i know life is crazy life gets busy and we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up but there's so many things that come up in between and my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. dot com. See you next time.